0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 7 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: You are listening
0: to the Lucha
1: Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly the
2: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as previewing the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Speaker, and PodBay. And don't forget, it's also available with our through our partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales. I'm one of the co hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly podcast, and I'm going to bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how's it going today?
3: Oh, it's going fantastic. How's it going for you, Miranda?
2: It is going well. What? a intricate web we weave. When I think about this week's show, yes. Everything we're going to be talking about is interconnected. So, it's like it's kind of crazy. We'll get to it in a second, but we can't do that without the third member of this team, and that's who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr.
4: That's who. Hey. Hey, how we doing?
2: Doing well. Right. I mean, gosh, I'm really, really excited to talk about this week's show. I know I always <laughs> say that going into it, but literally everything is connected. Like the, the world yep. of Lucha Libre has really shown its intricacies. Uh, you know, this, this this whole web of of people and promotions and titles are all... <laughs> All came together, collided in just this week.
4: Yeah, and you're part of it, so we're going to start there.
2: Yes, yeah. (laughs) That is because I will be ring announcing for future stars of wrestling FSW's Psycho de Mayo this Saturday, May 8th, uh, up in Las Vegas, Nevada. That is going to be featuring two men we actually saw uh, last weekend, at Ray de Reyes and uh, they've actually been fighting throughout the United States and in New Mexico it circles back around to the US that is Psycho Clown is going to be facing Sam Adonis in a match uh, for Future Stars of Wrestling and so wow. I saw what they did at Palais Pro out in mm-hmm. Texas I saw what they did in uh, at raid Reyes and I can only imagine what they're going to be doing in Las Vegas this Saturday, May 8th.
4: And we're going to be talking about both those gentlemen a lot tonight. So yes. that is that is the connection. We're starting here. We're, we're talking about psycho clown who I am now officially on the record as not liking.
3: Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks yeah, we had Dusty. an interesting Facebook <laughs> exchange with the fella this week. <laughs> He just hated everything uh, <laughs> we liked and loved everything we hated. <laughs> well,
4: and in fairness, in fairness, so I'm going to give him give the shout out for him, too, because he also linked us to an event yes, that he, he is a part of.
3: He was a good so, sport. So uh, let me. Um,
4: yeah. So he asked me why I didn't like Psycho Clown. And I said, in short, it comes down to, you know, it, I mean, it is very complicated and throughout. The length of this show, people will discover more about why I don't like Sucko so Clown. But in short, it's really just because he wins a lot and he's kind of goofy. But um, uh, we have – so he linked us to an event that's hosting he, uh, the poster. Uh, Lucha Libre Mexicana – oh, I, I slaughtered that. Lucha Libre Mexicana A invade Philadelphia. So that will be on July 7th. 17th. Psycho Clown is on the poster. Mr. Iguana is on the poster. Yes. Sam Adonis is on the poster. Diamante Azul is on the poster. They, <laughs> they are going to have a big, big event going on July 17th. I mean, so I'm going to give that in a shout in all out. The big
3: names. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy.
4: Uh, he told me to come out there and tell Psycho Clown that I don't like him to his face.
0: <laughs>
4: uh, I'm really short on on airline fare for philadelphia but i'm very tempted to to, to i
2: mean yeah as the saying goes if you want to say something say it to my face i personally would not like when i see him and and meet to say yes mr cycle club very nice to meet you it's an honor and a pleasure uh that's just me personally uh however you do you uh, it's a, it's a, it's, you know, free country and we have the right to like and not like, uh, wrestlers for that. I mean, acts funny and wins a lot. You're essentially talking about John Cena.
4: You yeah, know, I mean, like, uh, and- that comparison is there.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> that, that comparison is totally there. It's also, I mean, I, you know, just so people have a better understanding. It's also like kind of a hipstery thing. Cause you know, everybody yeah. loves to hang. I hate the Yankees, and everybody hates the Dallas Cowboys, and I hate Psycho Clown. So, I mean, like, you know, that <laughs> means he's successful, and he's <laughs> doing his job. Um, he's t- Rick... <laughs> doing his job.
2: <laughs> well, if you want to see... It's not
4: a deep-seated trick.
2: No, well, you know, if you want to see Psycho Clown, possibly, I'm going to say, we'll get beaten up by Sam Adonis, though I don't know who will win this one, but they have had very highly contested matches, um, you know, just just or through this year already. Uh, make sure you can view this online anywhere through the FSW Network. It's only $6.99 a month to subscribe. Not only are you going to get this event For free, once you subscribe, you'll also get lots and tons and tons of other content, including previous pay-per-views and special events, best-of series that features Karrion Cross, Zoe Stark, Chris Bay, um, Matt Hardy. You know, people that you see on your TV all the time have passed through the doors of FSW. Hammerstone, Taya, um, you know, that's... And Hammerstone right now is the reigning FSW heavyweight champion. Um, And we'll get to that because also next week FSW is hosting Changing the Game. That is going to be on Fight TV and it's going to be featuring someone we're going to be talking about later uh, this show. And that's Leo Rush. So we're going to be
4: talking about him a lot too. Oh
2: my gosh, (laughs) this week, this week, this week. What's happening with this week? We can't. It's uh,
4: It's all connected. (laughs) So. <laughs>
2: all connected this is the it's always in sunny in Philadelphia, uh scene of Charlie Day with the you know all yes. the, all, all, of the things, all, the all of the all the yeah the string on the map and the conspiracy. everything is connected uh this week. It just personally hits home for me with Psycho de Mayo, Saturday, May eighth Uh, through the FSW network, that's fswnetwork.com. Um, you can get, uh, that for $6.99. Not only just that, but lots of other content through the FSW network. And then the following Friday, May 14th, is changing the game that is going to be featuring, uh, Hammerstone and Leo Rush. So, uh, and that is through the Fight TV app. So just, Personal plug there. Um, some great <laughs> matches that are going to be happening over the next few weeks. And also a reminder to support your local independent promotions wherever you heck, are. Heck,
4: um, yeah.
2: It's, it's part of that wrestling economy we talked with Senshi about on the local scale. Um, and so always, uh, I know I always love to plug, you know, independent promotions. Um, if you, me aren't too. Eating- to, you know, go in person. Many of them are offering streaming options and now some of them have a huge library and catalog. So, as much as, you know, you would used to pay for maybe attending a show, um promotions like FSW now have a whole library that you can access for a pretty good price. Um so check out fswnetwork.com. Um, But, you know, Brendan, you already started to talk a little bit about what's happening throughout the world of Lucha (laughs) Libre. true. So let's just take it to the road back to shows.
4: Yeah, absolutely. We will do the road back to shows. I'm also going to throw out uh, to to IWTV, who we don't don't talk about enough on here, but they have at least four Lucha Libre promotions on there, plus all of your local communities. So so, uh, same thing, they've really been stockpiling their libraries to uh to to get you your local wrestlers and uh supporting them supports your local wrestler so absolutely worth paying for even if you never watch a minute but there is so much great entertainment on iwtv that i can't imagine that that's, that would be true so uh, we're going to start with our traditional road back to shows information mexico city still orange not yellow which means that having shows in mexico city and the 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 county around it is technically not allowed by the laws we've talked about what my clarification is for why i don't talk about certain programming in in the indie roundup my problem with this i mean like cubs fan who does lucha blog and i are kind of on a similar wavelength on this they uh they're with one hand they're doing things like the head of mexico state boxing and lucha libre commission said jose juan jose herrera by the way his name Hmm. he said that lucha libre in his state is only happening in clandestine arenas which officially is true But, I mean, all you have to do – I'm not going to name the promotion. All you have to do is go to their Facebook page to find out when and where they're hosting a show, and they're having literally packed out arenas. Like, there is no detective work involved. I can go – like, I, as an American who lives half – Know exactly the addresses and the times to go to these shows, so I don't really view them as being that clandestine. But that is the that was a statement from the news this week. We had uh, Juan Jose Herrera talking about uh, Lucha Libre isn't happening, and it should, is only happening in clandestine arenas. So. Um, you know, it. I don't know what what politics looks like exactly in Mexico. I I live pretty far away from that, and I live pretty far away from my own political scene. So maybe that's just how they're they're uh you know pretending to to be because a lot of these luchadors have nothing else to to do to make money right now. They they can't you can't open a restaurant because nobody can go to restaurants, you can't, you know, get a service job because nobody can get service jobs. You can't obviously you can't be a luchador right now cuz nobody can go watch you wrestle. So what do you do to make money right now? So I understand that there's some nuance to this, but that that was our big news out of Mexico City is that uh there's they're staying orange for at least two more weeks the way things are going with kind of the, the uh uh injection regression i'm gonna call it that's i think that's the best term for it where everybody gets poked and then thinks they can just walk out in public without their mask on uh is is you know i think that's gonna have impact for a few more weeks i know it's looking like that up here uh we have other fun stuff to talk about uh in a uh interesting turn of events i know uh dusty will be excited on this one although he's probably heard it uh samurai del Sol is teasing a boxing match for uh
3: yeah for celebrity, celebrity boxing yeah yeah
4: like. it's so yeah so who, who will at the he will probably be boxing in the mask. It's a celebrity group fight group thriller, just to get the the name out there. Uh, fight Network is promoting it, so we will probably be able to see the match on Fight Network. But it, yeah, it's celebrity boxing. I don't know who else is in the, in the pool for this right now, but usually that's reality. That's like how Jake Paul and Logan Paul got started in the boxing thing. They did mm-hmm. celebrity yeah. boxing uh so it's usually reality stars, some athletes uh so you know who knows maybe he'll box somebody from the n b a or the n f l or something that will you know draw American eyes to it but uh it'd be um I mean, it's, it's very exciting um not what I would have expected uh for those of you who aren't aware that 's Kalisto who recently left the w w e it's not what I would have expected him to do right after leaving the WWE, but on the other hand, it's fun, and there's no pressure, and it's athletic, so why not? I mean, yeah, yeah. it sounds like Dusty had some thoughts on this one already. I, Kalisto, for those of you who don't know, Kalisto slash Samurai Del Sol is kind of a favorite of Dusty's. So.
3: Yeah, I, I I really like him. Um <laughs> I I don't know about the boxing thing. Like, if he wins, (laughs) it's going to be amazing. But if he loses, like, after how he wasn't used in WWE, I feel Mm -hmm. like it doesn't do anything to help his um, financial drawing ability and his standing, like, in the eyes of wrestling fans. Like, you're only as big as your last win. And when was the last time he won something? So if he wins, it'll be great. But if he doesn't, it'll be – and then the other thing is, like, his size differential, I don't know who they would bring in. I mean, strength, I I think he could match up with almost anybody. But he's not a humongous guy compared to some of these boxers. And so it'll be kind of –
4: Yeah, like I was joking about the NBA or the NFL, but – yeah, <laughs> absolutely outsized by those well, guys
2: and that and that's also more challenging because then you go to maybe it is like a reality TV star you know or a former yeah. act you know and yeah. and so I could see like at least here I don't know how it's treated in other places but here in the United States you know um it's it's gotten more popular now because of like the the Logan Pauls and it's you know being on pay-per-view but most of the time those types of events are kind of looked at just more comical more yeah. you know mm-hmm. like even a yeah. step below a lot of of local entertainment you know so yeah. just the fact that that's what he's jumping to first is kind of like wait don't you have some other things you c- you want to <laughs> do first like shouldn't this be further down the line when everything else falls through
4: but maybe tr- you know yeah maybe very true to your to your point about if he loses that if if he's is in there against like a a reality celebrity the american audience absolutely will start dunking on him uh that is what you know, anybody who loses to one of the Paul brothers right now is is a internet meme for a while mm-hmm. so yeah. uh <laughs> so yeah i i i in, now that you've mentioned that i hope he wins yeah Beat wins too. Um, moving on, uh, Federation Wrestling, who we talked about last week, the new kind of up and coming, they're calling themselves the third national, uh, federation, the third national promotion. So they're, uh, they are, they're billing themselves as A national promotion, which tends to imply they will have shows in a variety of places throughout Mexico. They want to have a TV deal, all of that sort of thing. Uh, They haven't even gotten their first show out. uh, they're, They're trying to put themselves in that position. But based on who they've got signed, we'll see. Uh, they they released a poster this week with a bunch of matches and a bunch of faces, and then they had their press conference last week, and they which kind of went over this. So we're gonna go over what we've got. This is gonna be intertwined with stuff we we're already kind of alluding to. So, uh, the poster starts with the undercard match of Shaco Barabbas versus Brilliante Jr. Uh, they, I mean, it, it sounds like two nameless undercard guys, but these are both friends of guys that are up higher on the card. So they're, you know, this is your, your spot that you see, you know, like, I mean, you'll see some some of this in, in, comparably, you'll see some of this in, like, AEW. You'll see, you'll see people on Dark that you got, clearly got their, uh, to the, they got their television time because they're friends with somebody who's higher up on the card. So, don't be surprised if you see these guys, uh, a lot on Federation Wrestling. This is kinda what I'm getting at. You might get to know them. Uh, I haven't seen too many of their matches, but I haven't heard anything bad about them either, so. Uh, I'm, that's the one I'm the most curious about. Next we have Rey Orus versus Flamita versus Luchador Surprise. So, uh, this is a story that we've been talking about and ROH. It's the breakup of the uh the the uh, Mex- Club, yeah. Squad, yeah. They're taking it to the Indies. Uh so I, it doesn't almost doesn't matter who that third person is because those two together is something we've seen teased a little bit. We saw that three-way at the ROH anniversary show. Uh I've I've seen them at uh, indie shows tear the house down this is uh this could be the 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 uh steal the show match right here here so that that'll be fun and then we have the ladies match we have uh Tay Conti Ayoka Hamada and a surprise wrestler versus Red Velvet Miranda Alizay and so it's the first time i've seen Zuxis uh on a big stage in a while which is great last time was during the uh the women's tournament at the very beginning of lockdown, and she hasn't done much since then. Uh, uh Similar with Hamada, she's been kind of, you know, and then we have uh, the two AEW ladies, Te Conte and Red Velvet, on either side of the card, so that's clearly to to balance it out. Uh, that was modified from the original version of the poster, where they they were both on the same team, so uh it seems like things are being a little more fluid and, and Maybe, just maybe, some of these wrestlers are helping make educated decisions, which might make the uh, smoothness of the card happen a little better. Uh, then we have the match everybody's talking about, the Lucha Bros versus Dragon Lee and Bandito. I mean, good God. <laughs>
3: You're, yeah, this I is going to be so exciting. Yeah. Like, this is the match for me. Yeah. Yeah, I
4: I feel like despite the fact that you have bigger names in the next match that I haven't mentioned yet, you, that's, that is a whole lot of uh, pay-per-views, because you're going to have four of the hottest luchadors in the indie circuit in the ring at the same time doing lucha things, because this is a lucha promotion and not an American indie promotion. So... You're gonna it's gonna be a show and a half. Um uh, as always, remember cards subject to change. We don't even know for sure if all of these guys have officially confirmed or if they just got their face thrown on a poster, but uh <laughs> that's that's where we're at. Uh and then the the next one is is the main event. We've got Ruth Andrade, and Bestia del Ring plus someone else against Matt Taven, TJ Black, and a couple of more mystery luchadors. Now, you noticed that we've said there's a lot of mystery luchadors here. I think that's because we're still a good ways out, and re- releasing big-name talent as you're going through is going to be important, because they don't have regular TV to just keep people's attention focused on them. Exactly. However, however back to this is all connected thing. They are making other big moves on that. So we will be talking about what Federation Wrestling is probably doing to keep eyes on them later in the show. So definitely keep your ears open. Uh as far as pricing, they released that during the press conference too. If uh you're outside of Mexico or Japan, it's gonna be twenty dollars American. Um until they raise the price uh like the week of the event. <laughs> Well this it's pretty standard i pay per view thing. Yeah. So they're like if you order now you get the cheap price. If yeah. you wait until the last minute, we're gonna raise the price. But right now it's twenty dollars American. Um it's uh it's a little less expensive if you're in Mexico and it's a little more expensive if you're in Japan. I don't know why they made Japan the uh the scapegoat, but hey. <laughs> um but there you there you go. Uh, yeah.
3: It's interesting. Nobody has,
4: yeah. they haven't given us any information on if there's going to be a video on demand option. So we do want to make sure it's the 19th of June. Uh It's going to be on, on iPay-Per-View. You have to their site and, and sign up for it and then they will email you details. So if you don't have that information, it has been posted in the uh, Facebook group that we have for all of the uh, podcasts or you can contact any of uh, the members of the show and we will send you the link um, because it is a little hard to find if you don't know what you're looking for but if you just Google Federation Wrestling you'll find the poster which has a link on it too so you don't want to rely on us that's that's your way to do it <laughs> uh, the they didn't make so they did make some new talent announcements. They officially confirmed Andrade is going to be uh is going to be part of Federation Wrestling. And then also Viano three junior has teased uh joining Federation Wrestling. And already people are speculating that he could be in that Horus and Flamita match, which would be I um, mean Oh, so that's the one, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's yeah.
3: multi-man matches like that. So it's uh, <laughs> an excellent addition, I think.
4: I have no idea what the what Federation's production values are, being a new one, but in ROH they handle multi-man matches really well. Yes. And uh, Orus and Flamita, having worked primarily with that, would mean that they would have a really good handle on how to do it so i'm fairly excited for this uh we uh so that's that's federation wrestling uh, another name that may come up later in the show is diamante azul who has quietly been removed from cmll's website and unlike Dragon Lee or ROH, they have not said anything about parting ways with him, but it seems very obvious he has because he's been shown on other shows. Uh, he, uh, we will we'll be talking about some of that later, but uh, he, he's been showing up at other shows. He's uh, said in an interview that he is still the Mexican national heavyweight champion. And, uh, he intends to continue being champion, even though the CMLL, that is a belt that has most recently been defended on CMLL shows. This is where it gets weird. Uh, in the other shows that he's appeared, he hasn't been wearing the belt, so some people are speculating that, uh, champions don't get to leave arena mexico with the belt just in case of politics no yeah. <laughs> so he may be a champion without a belt and they may have a belt that can't ever be defended while he's still technically champion uh, but, uh, but because this is actually a belt that is sanctioned by the wrestling and boxing commission of mexico it's not CM. CMLL can't do a WWE and just strip the strip him of the belt and hold a tournament. So, yeah. he could very well be the national heavyweight champion until he dies. Which <laughs> is- For <laughs> life. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I mean just very interesting stuff. Uh in another part of this departure from CMLL, he is Uh, When he's appearing, he's uh, often using uh, the abbreviation DMT Azul or DMI in the same vein as Pentagon Jr. changing to Penta L0M. Uh, The name technically is owned by CMLL. It was a brilliant idea they had to make a wrestler that looked exactly like Blue Demon, only not Luke Demon, and so they they created this De- Diamante Azul persona, and uh, so but all you have to do is add a DMT, apparently, and and uh, you're good to go, so uh, uh, it's going to be very interesting and again, stay tuned, we will have more on him later, but that is my road back to shows, I'm going to do a quick little indie roundup since we we were pushing hard here. I'm going to mention again. Please, 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 if you are an indie fan, indie promoter, indie wrestler, send me send the show your links to your shows. Like I will now be watching this this show uh in from Philadelphia in one way or another. I don't care if it's somebody's hand cam footage. I'm going to find <laughs> it. It was linked to me, and we, I will watch some of it and we will talk about it on the air. Uh, the more you guys do that. It's not, it's not just about filling out the show. It's about supporting the local guys, and uh, we're going to start as as the world kicks up. We're going to start running out of time to to that you get your stuff in. So I really, cause I am all about that. That's that's how I got onto the show. As I was I work here up in Seattle in the indie scene, and I uh, if you ask anybody up here, I'm very passionate about supporting indie wrestling. So please give, give me your... Um, real quick, we did have CCW had Christy James, which again I'm going to stress that is Legends of Lucha Libre star Christy Janes challenging for their women's title against Marina Tucker. This was a more of a Texas style Lucha Libre match, I'm going to put it that way. Lots of brawling on the outside. Punching and 20 near 20 counts uh power bomb on the outside nearly ended the match they did a thing i'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit here they did a thing where the cameraman threw up the x sign for those of you who don't know and is supposed to be a very discreet sign from the uh from the talent either the ref or uh the wrestlers to the back to say that something really serious has happened and this is why this bothered me because they restarted the match after that like if you're going to if i if you're going to throw the x and the cameraman catches it you know that needs to be sacred in my opinion it needs to that needs to be the one thing in wrestling you don't and you just it exists and you hope you never see it and they restarted this match i don't i i hope christy james really wasn't hurt it was after she got power bombed on the outside the camera was on the wrong side of the ring so i didn't get to see what might have happened um, but they restarted christy james got a little more beat up and then took the pinfall which is not surprising because they've been really pushing marina tucker as a is the heel champ that finds a way to win. So it was a good match. It was a lot of fun. I do recommend it. Also on this show, Le Champion, Chris Jericho, cut a little bit of a promo on wrestler Cha-Cha Charlie where he kept saying things like he kept exaggerating the Cha-Cha Charlie thing. It was pretty fun, pretty good. And he said he wants to come down someday. So maybe we will see Chris Jericho Jericho the Lionheart show up in Florida. Interesting. All right. <laughs> uh, but that's that's the match I have for you on the indie roundup this week. Once again, send me your matches. We'll talk about them on the air. Um, I love all of you guys out there in, in the indie world. So we will make I will make the time for you as best I can. Um, and that's my indie roundup.
2: Thank you, Brendan, for giving us the road back to shows and this week's Indie Roundup. Next, we're going to kick it to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.
0: Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why?
1: Tuesday nights live, it's Wrestle Boss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show, La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez, as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast. One in English y el otro en Español, Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the weekbook inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragón. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight lucha strong with masks from your favorite lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com powered by pro wrestling revolution.
2: And as always, a big thank you to Denise Alcedo, letting us know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now to this week's events this week's shows and we're going to do something a little bit different we're still going to kick it off to dusty but we're going to be starting with a, a different promotion instead of wwe Dusty, i'll let you take it away it's all yours
3: yeah well this week we're going to give the main segment to AAA. Mm-hmm. they earned it this week with rey Reyes. <laughs> like Woo-hoo! oh my gosh what Woo-hoo! a show right? like so good yeah. and 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 gave us a lot to cover here Mm-hmm. This was easily the best AAA show since the beginning of the pandemic. Like it, They figured so many things out. There were a lot of multi-man matches. Like I mentioned before, this is the year of the multi-man match. Um, not a lot of singles matches, which isn't exactly to my liking, but they did a much better job with the multi-man format this time than they did like at TripleMania, for instance. It just felt less chaotic and cluttered in a lot of ways. The setting was beautiful. They were in one of the Pueblas in Mexico. Beautiful setting. It gets The sun goes down through the show. Stunning visuals. But first up, we had Latigo defeating Dynastia, Toxin, Aramis, and Ares to earn a shot at the AAA Cruiserweight Championship in an amazing match. This was a real show stealer right out of the gate. It was action-packed. Things were constantly happening. Uh, it was... Just so exciting, real high impact Lucha Libre. After Latigo won, Laredo Kid came out to challenge him, talk some trash after the match. Uh, So he's there. It it was just excellent. I cannot recommend this match enough. They really tried to steal the show. It wasn't quite the show stealer for me, but it was a strong candidate. And (laughs) the next, yeah, the next match was what really stole the show for me, the Latin American Championship match. If you recall, Daga dropped the title. He said it was because there was no talent fitting the challenge for him to defend it, but it's also due to his U.S. residency. He can't leave the country for six mm-hmm. months. And so, you know, whatever. And So we had Taurus, and we had uh, Octagon Jr., and a surprise entrant, Luchador Supresa, And the surprise entrant was Viano 3 Jr. The match started, and within 60 seconds, Viano 3 seemed to be knocked out due to a kick. And then everything just kind of went crazy for a few minutes. It's hard to explain. The cameramen didn't seem to know what to do. The wrestlers (laughs) tried. Tejano came out to ringside and kind of yelled at the announcers for a while. It was just very disjointed and felt like they were killing time. But, you know, at least Taurus and Octagon got to work together in this absence. It was really good. Fiano Three Jr. finally stumbles back to the ring. Octagon just kicked the you know, versus the stumble right out of him. And then he did a moonsault to Taurus, a moonsault to Viano or to yes, to Viano three Junior. And then he gives Viano three a nasty head scissors from the apron to the ground that sound didn't look like it. You know, had a back injury, tailbone injury it it was painful looking, but Taurus wins after pinning, pinning Biano 3. He came back after being knocked out because he was paid to do the job, and it's not like we need concussion <laughs> protocol or anything like that. But anyway, after the match, Biano 3 was either hurt <laughs> – Or sold it like it killed him. They loaded him onto a flat stretcher, carried him out from the ring while Torres celebrated with the championship. They tried to buckle it around his waist, but he's so big it just wouldn't stay on. (laughs) It was incredible, like a great moment for him, but an odd moment with Viano. I I would like, yeah,
4: I would like to point out that that is actually very common in Mexico for making the moment bigger is to have a they do this a lot in Arena Mexico, too, to have the per- person holding the belt while the other person is literally being carted out. And it is a lot of the time just for story. So hopefully, knock on wood, yeah. the doesn't really have a concussion.
3: The the story <laughs> afterwards was that he was okay backstage. Yeah. yeah. And so, so hopefully that's true. But it's also, you know, like a machismo thing, too. You know, no, I'm fine. And so <laughs> <laughs> but Which it was is a...
4: actually the first thing people with concussions say. That's I have heard true. from multiple wrestlers don't believe me if I if I say I'm fine after yeah. I've hit my head. <laughs> <laughs>
3: But, yeah, hopefully he's doing well, and it, great match. We'll see him at Federacion, apparently. He's kind of hyping that up now, so exciting things for him in the future. It seems that he worked the match as an independent star, which is kind of interesting. You know, <laughs> AAA had been resistant to that before, but now we see that with him and Laredo Kids. so...
4: Oh, you know, and most of the the opener match, too. With yes. the exception of Dynastia, that was all people that i've been talking about on the indie roundup for the last year or so
3: yeah it was very cool to see a lot of these guys on such a big show yeah. oh yeah and, and next up we have the women's reina de reina's championship match and f- f- like in the entrances sexy star was announced and I feel like everybody was like, "Why?"
2: <laughs> but
3: as soon as we saw her, this wasn't the sexy star we used to know. It was clear from the moment she made her entrance that this was – like this is not the sexy star from Lucha Underground or the previous AAA runs. This was a new sexy star played by a luchadora who had been uh, – her name was Ia del Gatabuela. And so, yeah, I mean, that there had been some – curiosity about who had been involved in the Marvel matches and this may be the answer to that as well and it's interesting that they've decided to rebrand that gimmick so that was exciting but then we had the match we had Diana Perazzo on commentary Despite liking her, I found her to be quite redundant on commentary. It just wasn't for me. Maybe it was her staying in character. Maybe it was the language barrier. But it made it feel like she was ill-informed on the product and ill-informed on the people in the match. And it was dismissive in a way that I didn't care for. It made it feel like Lucha was somehow less than. And I... I was not yeah. a fan of
1: that. Yeah,
2: I I think it feels more like in character because that is really yes. that persona. So I, I that's what I'm leaning towards. That's what I almost would hope it is. Um, because as you get into you know her involvement later, it feels like she it was really setting up for what we were going <clears> to <throat> see later on.
4: It was almost definitely in character. Um, I agree with uh, Cubs fans' assessment on this. What I read on his blog. She, it was just too long that mm-hmm. that is the kind of talk and the kind of you can do that uh, dismissive heelish stuff for a minute or two and it's very entertaining but for a 15 minute match yeah. 15 20 minute match it's just it's yeah, too it much mo- and lot. it starts to yeah
3: but we uh, run down Fabia Apache won the match defeating Lady Shawnee Flamer Cheek Tormenta Lady Marvia and the all new sexy star. And afterwards, as we were mentioning, Diana Perazzo, she challenges Fabi Apache, title versus title. Fabi wasn't interested until the idea of having the match at Triple Mania was brought up. And then she agreed. That's you know, she wanted that match. And afterwards Deanna laid her out with a big power bomb. So it, it did set up an interesting angle for the for the title and for Fabi Apache. So it'll be, you know, I would love to see Diana Perazzo get her come up. It's in character, you know, or not, it would be so cool yeah. to have Fabi Apache as the double champion. And yeah. she deserves that. Yes. I mean, it, it, it is
2: though, you know, again, you, you wonder how that would even work as, you know, her as a double champion and, or even Diana. um, I mean and it all also kind of just is a throwback to the previous impact, you know, knockouts champion in Taya Valkyrie who held both titles at the same time um so it's just just historical it throws back but yeah i mean after kind of all of the issues that impact's had now with kenny omega becoming their world champion and still the AAA a mega champion you kind of hope you know this could be a good way for impact to get some good leverage but also you know the fact that they've gone through all this trouble to crown uh, a new reign at Arena's champion. It does make sense to keep it on someone and have it just reestablish the title after it kind of being gone uh, for for so long. And not so much gone, but just hasn't been defended and on and on, you know, television pay-per-views for quite some time.
4: I kind of wonder if this was supposed to have Taya, where they were going to have Taya and and. Fe- do this at Triple Mania, and then have Taya become the double champion. And they're mm-hmm. just doing the best they can with COVID yeah. having stretched everyone out. Because yeah. it would make sense. Do you have your championship up in America for a while? Get it, get more eyes on on it that way. Bring it back at Triple Mania. Have the have the hometown hero win it, and all of that. It would be, it will be spectacular if that's how it plays out.
2: Yeah.
3: I agree. That'd be incredible. And next up, we had the Rea de Reyes match. Laredo Kid won the big sword when he defeated Tejano Jr., Murder Clown, Aerostar, Drago, Abismo Negro Jr., Io del Vikingo, and Ms. Disease Jr. Laredo Kid and Eo Del Vikingo started the match, and they were amazing. Like, I hope this sets up a feud in the future. Anything that would get me a singles match between these guys, like, that's a match of the year contender, AAA. Like, somebody write this down. We need to see that match. And it afterwards, we had more entrances, and it felt a little... This genuine to me because it was clear at a certain point they were holding off on eliminations until after all the wrestlers were in the ring. But having all the wrestlers in the ring at the same time gave the like a chaotic feeling once the match kind of fully got underway, once everybody was in the ring. And I am just not a fan of that dynamic in a rumble setting. But it it was a great match. I did enjoy it a lot. Laredo and Tejano Jr. were the last two. And despite some interference from Reyes Scorpion, Laredo Kid was able to get the title of Rey de Reyes and win the big sword. And then next up we had the main event of Pagano and Psycho Clown, which went to an apparent no finish With Chessman and his surprise partner Sam Adonis, Sam Adonis, who, like after listening to commentary, apparently time traveled here from 2018 CMLL (laughs) to join Chessman, and they made it sound like he just jumped, but he hasn't had a match there for three years, people. So I'm, I'm just saying. But Chessman had new hair after he lost his hair in the Apoistus match at Triple Mania. It it, it was not great, but it looked good. It just wasn't intimidating. I liked the old longer hair look. Uh, But at least he's trying. And Diamante, Azul, and Puma King show up, actual jumps from CMLL. Uh, just showed up to help put the beat down on Pagano and Psycho Clown. Chessman, you know, like he tried, but they they didn't want any part of him either, so they gave him a powerbomb through the table. Sam Adonis announced that they were part of a group called La Empresa, and Diamante Azul looked exactly the same as he always did. But yes. King changed up his look a little. I mean, it did look more villainous, more heel. I, I really liked it. But Diamante Azul was the same Diamante Azul we've always seen. It, it was mm-hmm. pretty incredible, honestly. And then after the match, this is where the big exciting news happens. It cuts to a video. And its former NXT World Champion El Idolo Andrade. He showed up in a videotaped segment. He looked like a mafia don. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said yeah. that he wants a match with Psycho Clown, but first he wants a title match for the Triple A Mega Campeón Championship against Kenny Omega at Triple Mania. And it appears that he is also the leader of Law Impresa. So. It's, yeah, a lot of exciting stuff going on with Andrade. Yeah. Interestingly yeah. enough, the even though he's showing up in these segments, I believe it was the Federacion tournament – or show, rather – is exactly 90 days from when he was released from WWE. Yeah. And he uh, – you know, all these matches are set in the future. Like, all of his matches are set mm-hmm. in the future right now. But it's exciting, Kenny Omega said on Twitter that he would think about it, that he was a busy guy, but who, who better to wrestle and defend yeah. the championship yeah. at Triple Maine? It's got to be Andrade. But if Andrade can challenge Kenny Omega for the title, why isn't he challenging for all the titles? Why is it just a play <laughs> title? <laughs>
0: like, good, good point. Good you've point. Got belt, you've got a You've got a Why
2: challenge him for one when you could challenge him for all of them?
3: uh, You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And, like, why settle for one when you could have them all? Like, (laughs) uh, But, yeah, it's incredible. Andrade's (laughs) timing. Those of us that saw him in America, we were like, yeah, Andrade's got great English. He's great. But when you see him speaking in Spanish like that, it's different. His command is so much stronger. Mm -hmm. And he... He, he just so much more impressive and like a more dominating presence in the video that I really enjoyed seeing from him. The delivery
2: and, is a little smoother. And that I think that, and again, it's just, it's just translation, but I think that comes across in all the things that you said, you know, that there's even a little bit more confidence. There's yes. more intimidation. There's more sureness um and so i think that comes across um in just the, the the delivery of his promos in Spanish versus English though so his English promos were very solid um especially for the level of WWE when you think about it like mm-hmm. there's there's you know I don't, for Monday Night Raw you didn't necessarily have to have a a forceful delivery you know you just had to have a a delivery for the purposes of you know what he was doing but I think it all really came together uh during this show, because it also was like a, a clear stamp of he is back and he's coming for this championship and he's going straight to the top for his request. So I think yep. um, I think it's it was, you know, uh, as far as upcoming challengers, one of the better ideas they have right now.
3: I do. Yeah. And I think it's going to draw the most eyes to the Mm -hmm. AAA product because those are two names that American fans know, Andrade and Kenny Omega. And they know Mm -hmm. Andrade left WWE. A lot of fans that, you know, not even necessarily smart fans, but like the, you know, regular fans know that Andrade and Charlotte are together. There's been some speculation, you know, will Charlotte be watching his matches? Will she be there? So that builds some excitement and momentum around his presence in a, Strange way too. There's just a lot going on with Andrade that makes him the most obvious yeah. focal point mm-hmm. to go up against Kenny yeah. Omega. It seems so, like we're building to Vikingo, but this is you know much more exciting. Sorry,
4: so me. much better. So no worries. Uh, so I have to temper this a little bit. Uh, the flip side is that your more average fan, I'm going to call them, on social media. We really still see Andrade as the jobber that left WWE. They they think that you know Kenny Omega is riding high right now, and Andrade really never got out of the blocks and was uh, the, has been branded by those people as the jobber. So uh, I personally am looking forward to him putting on a really good match so yes. that those guys shut up. But uh, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that. Just so you, can, we can give a more robust image of what this looks like in America. To you know, there's people that want this really bad, like us, and probably the majority of people listening to us. But there's also people who have already lost interest because of damage WWE did. And I bring this up because we're talking about AAA now, not WWE. In the spot we were talking. About. yeah
2: well but i do think about how you know kenny omega's presence with impact did help with some buy rates for a rebellion so i mean like this will help if they do happen to do it like it will help with buy rates um whether it's a casual fan whether it's a uh you know fair weather fan whether it's a you know a, a consistent absolutely. fan um i think this is definitely going to increase some buy rates from people who are, i think are just more curious um than anything um but that that's just my two cents
4: i uh, you're absolutely right it at the end of the day is going to help with buy rate period like that's you know absolutely um mm-hmm. There's there's no way that having Kenny Omega at this this point in Kenny Omega's career is not going to put more eyes on AAA, no matter who they put in there. But putting Andrade in there means that all of Mexico is going to be watching to see if this is the time that they get their championship back. So all in all, I think it's a really good, good move.
3: Yeah, I do too. I'm really excited for what AAA has coming. This is, you know, like I've said at the beginning, it's the most momentum they've had in a while. Like this is the AAA we all knew they could be. There were several moments in the show that weren't perfect, but they were pretty exciting. And, you know, like the excitement going from forward is incredible. And so we'll see what they do. AAA are on a roll, it seems like right now. Triple Mania was pretty good. This was great. Uh, we're supposed to have Verano de Escandalo later this summer, probably in mm-hmm. July. We're looking at Triple Mania in August or September. No official date has been announced, but like if they can have crowds in August, it'll probably be in August, and if they can't, they'll probably be in September. You know, like that's yeah. the way it goes. Yep. That's the game. But yeah, big stay thing.
4: tuned to the Road Back for shows. Road Back to shows for updates on. Triple Mania at this point But yeah <laughs> Oh
3: yeah, man Very exciting Yes.
2: Well Dusty go ahead and take us through AEW this week Because also a very, very Big show for them
3: Yes, yeah. Big week for AEW. First up, though, we don't want to forget AEW Dark. We're covering two matches from Dark this week. First up, we had Layla Hirsch defeating Diamante. This was a great match with Layla obviously becoming the star in the making, and so this match was her chance to shine. They exchanged some brutal strikes, the kind of thing you would really expect between Layla Hirsch and Diamante. And I loved the match, the, it was fantastic, the, the, just the physicality was very turned up and the kind of thing you don't normally see in a women's match. It was great. Fortunately, Diamante didn't win. This match really highlighted both women, but you cannot deny Layla's legitimate skills. Like Her star is definitely rising. So keep an eye on Layla Hurst. She's definitely on her way up, and she's becoming a star in AEW. She's got all the tools. She yeah. really does. All of them. Like, just fantastic and such a an amazing technical worker and yeah just the like i mentioned the physicality is incredible mm-hmm. and Speaking of physicality, we had Pac defeating Serpentico. Pac is insane. He looks like a buffalo or something. Like he's just <laughs> so muscle bound. It's incredible. And, but unfortunately for Serpentico, his bign- biggest weakness in a match is when he cannot be used as Luther's projectile offense. And so. <laughs> I mean, like, Pac was able to take advantage of that. He <laughs> was able to force him to submit. It was a very quick match, but it was really good. If you love Pac, this was especially cool. And I guess Pac is probably honorary Lucha now since he's in Death Triangle and hangs out with Penta and Phoenix. So, like, <laughs> yeah. like You
2: know, I mean, and, and he can do some Lucha things.
3: yeah and it's just fantastic match again those were the two highlights of dark but what we had next was the dynamite blood and guts before we get to the main event though we had a tag team match between scu jurassic express varsity blondes and the acclaimed this was a fun tag team match the winners get a future tag team title shot even though i thought scu seemed to secure one last week but whatever uh the acclaimed had an amazing entrance yes. max caster had a rap during killed the it intro
2: killed it how, like yes yeah i just have so to. Good. I, it was max so Kester rude is, yeah. i literally went through back his instagram to look back because i've seen them before but it'd been a while to go back through some of his raps but this week's was brutal <laughs> brutal rap but max caster is worth the price of admission
3: oh my gosh so good it was all about how brian pillman jr will be on dark side of the ring in 10 years just like his dad like i love this kind of deal work like exactly what i'm here for (laughs) also
2: nick having some new names for the young bucks uh, saying you know, Luchasaurus is gonna be a fossil. All of it, just yeah. you just gotta go. On Matt uh Instagram social media page. Every you know time he comes out and does his rap, he posts it, and it's just you just gotta watch it.
3: It's gold every time, but this week was like platinum. It was so good. And everybody had a chance to shine in this match in their way. Luchasaurus had an amazing choke slam on Kazarian and threw him onto the Varsity Blondes who were at ringside. And eventually, Pillman rolls Kazarian up for a two-count. But Daniels was back in the ring for the BME. He caught Brian Pillman Jr. for the win. And now we have SCU versus Young Bucks officially next week for the title. I don't know if SCU are still going to break up if they lose the match. Like, that's been kind of stipulated. But since then, Slo- Scorpio Sky has slowly slipped away from SCU. And I think that this could be their swan song, you know. And, like, I just, story wise, I don't see them beating the Young Bucks. I don't know what it would serve, story wise. And so I feel like this may be their final match if they're going to stick with that. You know the agreement to break up when they lose and they've been on quite a winning streak since then so we yeah we'll see what happens but next up we had the main event we had blood and guts. This was typical War Games rules, WCW style, NXT style, you know, we know what they are, the two rings entering every five minutes. Uh, The crowd was loving this match more than I can explain. Like, you know that the crowd before wasn't very big, but when you heard the crowd at Blood and Guts, like, they just responded to everything. It was incredible, and I realized how much I missed that in a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Even when you hear it, like on Raw and SmackDown, it's piped in and it's artificial. You know, like you still feel like you can hear Desi Arnaz clapping back <laughs> there. In the, the clap track, and so it's yeah, just the live presence was incredible. Sammy and Dax Hardwood were the first two in the ring, and they chopped it up in the ring, and they fought against the fence. Sean Spears enters Sammy took a chair like a it was probably a gimmicked chair, but it was a brutal chair shot. He gets a big cut on his arm like. Yeah, it's incredible. Ortiz enters – Santana and Ortiz are painted up like the dead presidents. They looked incredible. They used that before with the street fight. I believe we saw it once before in Impact 2 in 2018. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's great look for them. Cash Wheeler enters after – Ortiz, Santana enters after Cash Wheeler, then Wardlow enters during the commercial break. Jake Hager enters, MJF enters and Chris Jericho enters. So finally we get everybody in and the match just it's a it's incredible and it's bloody. Everybody for the most part gets busted open. Everybody takes turns beating on MJF and Wardlow. They take apart the ring. They have a turnbuckle. I mean, the chair, everything becomes a weapon. And then Tully opens the cage. MJF escapes and climbs the truss next to the cage to the top. Jericho follows. The He gets put in the lion tamer on top. It's incredible. Then they turn around. uh, MJF has Jericho in an arm bar. Finally, he gets into the edge of the cage and threatens to throw Jericho off the top of the cage if the inner circle will not surrender. And Sammy Guevara, the guy who is always looking out for Chris Jericho even when he doesn't deserve it, he surrenders for the team. MJF throws Jericho off of the cage. Anyway... To a very soft landing, <laughs> and we, I thought it was a mattress and padding. Everybody thought it was, but the rumor or word came out today. It was not mattress and padding. It was just layers and layers of cardboard. cardboard. Like that's what it looked cardboard. like. At yeah. least
2: like a cardboard. It was almost like a car, like the same material, like a kid's cardboard like playhouse. Exactly. Like exactly. it just that's what yeah. it
3: seemed like. Yeah. Yep. yep. More or less. And, and it was obvious that what was supposed to look like the diamond plate steel was some kind of mm-hmm. printed foam, and yeah, it it wasn't an exciting drop, and I don't know. I mean, it wasn't as bad as the sparklers were for the exploding ring. Yeah. But it it felt like a close second, and well, so – can-
2: We've seen WWE do it plenty of times. And I think that's almost just that small Shane nuance. McMahon. Yes, exactly. Like, that nuance of, like, <laughs> them trying to make it look like the steel. If they would have had it, and I'm pretty sure they've done it before, where it's some kind of just, like, black draping. Or, yeah. Yeah. Like, if they would have done that, I think it would have gone over better. But the fact that they tried to make it look like the steel steps was, you know, again, you're trying too hard.
4: Um, so like a st- that nuance. said off the yeah like I, like I said off the air uh part of that is more on the camera and production team mm-hmm. uh they if they had done it for the reverse angle and not shown him hitting the ground as close as they did and they just showed from you know the one of the somebody had a hand cam footage of it and they said this should be the canon footage of it and um cuz it looked really impressive you saw everything break and collapse, but you had no idea that that was cardboard it looked great. And, or they could have done what someone else suggested where they just cut away from him, the actual impact. You just see, you see him get pushed off. You cut to uh Sammy, say his face and, and watch him react to that. That's just better storytelling and production. And then when you cut back to it, cut back to what's happened to Jericho, Maybe or maybe you don't, but, you know, you can you have ways to you now have ways to get around the cardboard. You can you can have him moved. You can have a have referees cover blanketing the whole area so that nobody really sees what's going on. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's like like you were talking about and I alluded to with the Shane McMahon thing we know it's there we know that wrestlers safety is being protected and thank you by the way because I immediately thought of of like Sammy and Matt Hardy
3: from Mm -hmm. That's why I I wondered if that's why they were being so safe
4: well and he's 50 years old and the highest ratings draw they've got so you've got lots of reasons to protect Chris frickin (laughs) Jericho (laughs) yeah Uh, <laughs> just, you know, uh, yeah, but, but in, in that case, you know, you're going to do that. You have, you can have the guys in the production ready to make it look good. You have, should have guys, the experts at filming stunt work like that to make it look better. And that's, I, uh, so, uh, t- to me, and I've turned this into way too long of a rant. I'm sorry. To me, that should have been on. Tony Khan and the guys in the car to fix that, because the the talent they could to make it look good.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it just seems that ever since the spot with Matt Hardy and Sammy Kavira, like you mentioned, that any of their, like, stunts or any of their stunt spots have just been overly safe in a way that break your suspension of disbelief while you're watching. Like, it's, it's not that we expect them to actually be hurt but when we see the the paper the diamond plate stuff moving yeah. around you know like why not just paint the cardboard black like marina yeah. just paint it yeah. black and none of us would have thought that much of it and it just highlighted the like i say it just highlighted how not real it was in in a way that was not great and i also felt that the match just went on a little too long if they had reduced the time between entrances to 3 minutes each i think it would have greatly improved the pacing of the match it you know i mean it was just a little long for me
4: i have some th- thoughts on that too real quick i think that's because of commercial breaks i think everything felt longer and more stretched out because they were clearly slowing the pace down during commercial break
3: yeah no that's absolutely true you
4: know had this been on a pay-per-view where they're they they do not have to break away every seven to ten minutes to sell toilet paper or whatever it is they were they were doing you you uh, you have a tighter match you have people doing bigger events you even said it when you were breaking this down an entrance happened during a commercial break how yeah. freaking annoying is that
3: yeah well, and a lot of times with AEW, when something like that happens, they'll put the full match up online. That didn't happen with Blood and Guts, yeah. obviously. You know, but there was no way to see it without commercial interruption. At least, in, you know, for most TV viewers, there was well, no
4: way. yeah, people people overseas got with no commercial breaks, but that meant that they were more painfully aware of what the match slowed down during the commercial break, because they were not doing anything major during that point. They weren't doing big spots. They weren't taking big bumps. They weren't taking big risks at that point because nobody's watching. Which again adds to that feeling that you had of the match being too long because they're obviously playing for time.
3: Yeah. yeah. But all uh, in all, it was an exciting first time match for AEW. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it establishes MJF as the top heel in the company, as he yes. should be. Uh,
4: Re establishes him. Yes. I will point out. <laughs> yeah. This,
3: so, I mean, it sets up a lot of excitement going forward. Uh, we also saw a little bit of Kenny Omega. His, t- his um, title match at Double or Nothing will be decided next week in a match between Darby Allen and Pac. I believe.
2: Or and Orange Cassidy.
3: Or Orange Cassidy. Cassidy
2: yeah. That's Orange right. Cassidy and, and our, yeah. our touch over. Orange Cassidy versus that's, Pack, yes.
3: That's right. Yeah. And that uh, makes
4: more sense. I was like, but Darby's yeah. already got a pack.
3: Yeah, that's why yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> But uh
2: <laughs> very yeah, very very interesting uh number one contender match.
3: Coming yeah. Up next so, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff going on in AEW. Uh, you know, keep checking back. We'll keep reporting on it, but it's very exciting right now. Thank
2: you. Desi. Of course, the results, uh, as we talked about for Triple A, Reyes was on LuchaCentral.com. Of course, all of the AEW shows have results on LuchaCentral.com. This week in MLW, wow. So. Right? You came for us, MLW. You came, like, they you really got did. So this- much. In this just was their season hours. finale,
4: right?
2: Yes, it was their season finale. Um, they're going to be on a little bit of a hiatus until July 10th, which is their first live show um, in Philadelphia. Something they've really uh, touted and and um, are pushing for. But, yeah, this is the season finale. And, boy, oh, boy, did we get a lot Um and it, and I, I have to admit, I'm totally building up. I'm so excited for what's to come in MLW um, because from what we saw this week, there are some big plans in the future. Um, and as we said, everything is connected. How? Well, let's start off with the first match, which is Laredo Kid versus Gringo Local which was I, I was very excited to hear about. Yes. Um, and And this is a topic we've talked about on the show just a few weeks ago, and that is the controversy regarding the triple a cruiserweight championship um from the results from laredo kid and uh, leo rush um it was reported on cubs and several different source and websites um that triple a was contesting the results of the match pretty much uh, not acknowledging leo rush as the uh, cruiserweight champion even though on social media they had um acknowledged it but there was some uh stories behind the scenes that um, Leo Russ wasn't supposed to win the championship. However, you know, then that led to a lot of, well, then why did he win? Or this was pre-take. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Laredo kid <laughs> did come out with the cruiserweight championship. And also we've seen him with pictures. Um, if you saw him right after Ray de Reyes, um he had posted a picture uh, with the sword and the cruiserweight championship mm-hmm. as well. So there was already signs prior to that that he was not letting that go. So they did acknowledge that he pretty much did, decided not to relinquish the championship. Um, as far as the explanation, uh, they stated, the commentary team Whew. stated that Laredo Kid had, um, contested that Leo Rush tapped out. Um, and they replayed the, uh, the match as far as that part. And really Laredo said that Leo tapped out. Technically there was one tap and commentary mentioned that in order for a submission to be verified or, or to be acknowledged, someone has to tap three times. So pretty much, you know, they're, they're just letting it be. It seems like, uh, so. Th- laredo kid is still the AAA a cruiserweight champion um they didn't necessarily say when or if a rematch was going to happen but you know uh big picture wise um that that is something that was addressed this week on mlw television as far as the match goes a great match between laredo kid and gringo loco again L- gringo loco for the size that this man is does Phenomenal high-flying maneuvers, um, and it started right at the beginning of the match. And but you know, Laredo Kid came in quick um, and had a tilt-a-whirl takeover uh, shortly after the match started. And Laredo Kid also had several uh, Hurricane ranas both in and outside of the ring. Um, however, L- uh, Gringo Loco had such a very cool inverted DDT and drop combination that almost got a near. Uh but shortly after that though he missed the moonsault attempt and that was when kind of the momentum in the match itself shifted and changed where Laredo Kid was able to capitalize on that and had um a moonsault that landed very, very well. Um, and ultimately Laredo Kid won the match with a, let's a Spanish fly belly to belly from the top rope variation. It depends, you know, commentary call it a, a belly to belly variation from the top rope, but it looked like it was supposed to be a Spanish fly. I'm not the scientist in this, but it just looked very cool. Um, but Laredo Kid won. So, um, I, this leaves so many questions regarding the partnership long-term between AAA and And green, uh, triple A and MLW because of, you know, all of this drama seemingly with the cruiserweight championship. Um, but some interesting news did come out this week, uh, from MLW as well as, as the future. One of them is that MLW is doing a draft. Um, They are going to be drafting and bringing in talent from all over the world. So that leaves a big question mark on if we are going to see more AAA talent um, come in or just talent from different parts of the world, including Mexico. It leads it to be very exciting. This also could mean maybe we see someone who was more recently released from WWE onto the roster as well. But um, the MLW draft is a thing, and it's going to be happening later this summer. We also got news, too, that MLW is going to be doing some more live events. Um, of course, July 10th is where they're going to have uh, their first event in Philadelphia, but also announced they are going to be having an event on September 11th in Dallas, Texas, and another one in November in Chicago. So this is also MLW gearing back up uh, on their live event circuit, which I think is going to be awesome uh something else that happened we had richard holiday defending the caribbean championship uh just kind of a squash match but what happened afterward is more interesting um gino medina turned up as richard holiday was being interviewed by alicia too and pretty much they were reigniting this rivalry uh as gino said i didn't get fired i quit bitch Uh, Regarding (laughs) their dynamic dynasty, which is still, you know, where this is coming from. But, I mean, he hit a hard DDT on Holiday into the floor. So that just did not look well at all. Um, So it does seem we're going to see a continuance of this program between Gino Medina and Richard Holiday, and I'm all for it. The main event this week was a rematch for the MLW Middleweight Championship, Leo Rush facing Myron Reed, and this match was awesome. I mean, you could tell that both men, like, just gave it their all. It was very heated with some trash talk at the beginning of the match, um and really both of them uh, these high flying moves like uh minor reed too was able to have some great timing with some dives outside of the ring and started to really wear down the champion um however um they again a spanish fly uh attempt um from leo rush that that landed very very well but uh when he hit the final hour minor reed did Uh, Kick out so that was a sign Of things to come and Myron Reed hit the cap and crunch Followed by the no cap splash uh, To reclaim the Middleweight championship so Leo Rush Now came from Leo Rush two belts To Leo Rush no belts So not a good week for Leo Rush Um, But Really what people are talking about Is the ending of MLW Where we finally got to know Who El Jefe is And as speculated as somewhat guessed and as the rumors kind of swirled around there is a tie to uh lucha underground because el jefe is none other than dario cuento and i mean it's just like boom like what what i mean i think we just thought the the theory and idea was so far-fetched that it wasn't it couldn't be it couldn't be but oh, yes, it is. So it's Azteca Underground is somewhat of the relaunch uh, of Lucha Underground, possibly. We still don't know. Um, we did get to see a hooded uh, Selena De La Renta. And uh, later on, we do find out that Selena's uh, no longer under contract with MLW. So who knows what the future holds for her if we're going to see her at a different promotion or in a different role or, you know, continuing on the independent scene. But it does seem like Selena is out and Dario Cuento is in. He did get a phone call towards the end of the reveal about July 10th, saying he will be there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, and reveal the big master plan for Azteca Underground. So it has been confirmed. El Jefe is Dario Cuento, and possibly we see the resurgence of lucha underground i just need to get your guys's thoughts on this real quick because we had talked well, about it everyone you, talked about it and i just i just don't know what to think
4: you skipped over one other really exciting thing about that segment he mentioned specifically he's building a new, new temple yep. so <laughs> and um, which also bull. yeah he has the red bull he has the name plaque on his desk that says "I'm kind of a big deal still." So I mean, you know, yeah. it, it was it was obvious without them ever using his name, although they confirmed in a, in press later that it is Dario Cueto. Um, but the interesting thing for me is where does this fall with if we are bringing him in as the Lucha Underground character, which it, we totally seem to be. Yeah, he was dead last time we saw him.
3: Oh, yeah. I kind of <laughs> forgot about
2: that. Storyline continuity, you know. But if anyone's going to bring anybody back from the dead, it's them. Like, yeah, that's
4: yeah it They brought back several characters from the dead, which is why I'm super excited about if they're they're bringing him in, what, what they're doing. And maybe that's why it's Azteca underground now. I don't – I mean, mm-hmm. some – so well, much and, that they can do with yeah, that
2: We've gotten into conversations about Can they even use Lucha Underground Because of copyright and ownership And all of that So being able to tweak the name You know And, and it seems like it is a new It's, it's a new temple you know, Hopefully there's going to be elements of, of Lucha Underground That we are familiar with But maybe some new spins If it's under to the umbrella of, of MLW yeah. So and where, where's a new world out there? And, and you know, to have this ability to bring back life to Lucha Underground. Now, I hate to bring up this comparison because I don't want to jinx anything. Oh
4: but no! There,
2: you know, think about when another hardcore entity got revived by another uh-huh. company. And how successful. By a really big
4: company.
2: By a really big company. And or, or (laughs) therefore not very successful it was. And I'm talking about ECW. However, I have faith that MLW has more of an understanding of what made Lucha Underground popular and successful and can add, you know, allow it to have the elements that it, it used to, but also learning from history. And being able to build upon the things that maybe weren't as successful. Uh,
4: so, so I have I have a little bit of a a, a reason why this to me is very different. Um, yeah. And in charge of that that really large promotion, uh, initials VKM. Yes. Did an interview oh. about about what uh, those extreme fans expected out of a show, and he he pointed out. That it is an unsustainable model what they were expecting because they wanted a car crash every week until car crash wasn't enough. So then you needed a, 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 you know, a bus and a train and so on like that. It's, that's an unsustainable model. So what he was trying to do, what he allegedly was trying to do was make a more accessible thing that would be more long term. And that meant that fans of what was happening and what made the original show so special, couldn't be interested in it because they were trying to make it more accessible to everybody and, and sustainable in a long term thing. That is not something, I mean, so he knew what what made the, the product successful and did other things because he he had, because reasons. Yeah. More Very true. Uh, I don't I don't think that that is how they're going. If they're going to do to tap into the popularity of the this uh, of an of a Lucha Underground, I don't think that's the the approach they're going to take. I don't think they're going to look at it and go, "How can we make this the same but us?" I think <laughs> they're going to be more. So I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Um, and
2: if anything, we've heard through, of course, you know, Masks, Mats and Mayhem has had uh, outstanding interviews with Conan and even Vampiro and just learning from history, being able to learn, you know, what was successful, what was not now too, with more flexibility being under more of a a wrestling promotion and not a network.
0: You Mm -hmm. know, I
2: feel like there is so much now that they'll be able to do that they couldn't do before. So I'm very, very optimistic, and the fact that they've had this time to be able to reflect and being able to look at it and also just see the fan uh, response to it, Um, and and I think fans will flock to it because Uh – It is a very, very different product than what you see out there anywhere else. So, very, very exciting. MLW making big moves. Uh, We won't have any new episodes of MLW uh, through now to July 10th. So, it does give you time to catch up. Of course, MLW has all of their episodes on YouTube. And, of course, MLW Underground um, is available as well if you want to see some of that history. But... Uh th- this summer, MLW is going to be making some big moves, and I'm very, very excited mm, for yeah, it. Yes. And I think we'll all be very anxious to see what happens when MLW returns on July 10th.
4: And don't think that there's not, not going to be MLW news between now and then. Oh, yeah, then. no. They, they have yeah. been very aggressive, so we will continue mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Yeah, so anything? I think the draft will be happening between now and and through July. So just being able to know who they bring on board um, through this draft, I think that's already a hot topic. Where other locations they're going to be going and maybe setting up for the future for live events. That's going to be a hot topic. Um, this is yeah. There's going to be news the, absolutely
4: the coming. Possibility. Out of- yeah, the possibility of a second show i don't know if we uh mentioned that rumor or not yet but that's another one have not no so. yeah we have
2: not uh and that's something more yeah on the on the rumor side mlw hadn't mentioned anything about that during this week's episode but it's very possible they're growing their roster um mm. also they have the tv deal with vice now mm. they're still being featured on youtube and being in sports mlw is growing again mlw is making money moves so yeah keep an eye out for that
4: they're looking to be a national brand like Federation Wrestling. Mm-hmm.
2: Sure. I'm <laughs> um, next, Brendan, uh, with our Mass Republic uh, info- information of the week.
4: Oh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, if you guys are into this, this cross-section of of other fandoms like comic books or Star Wars – and Lucha Libre, then you probably already follow Urban Aztec, but he, he got released some images of Star Wars things that he did with his own unique style for May the 4th. And there was a just absolutely glorious Boba Fett image figure yes. that he did. Just, um, I mean, I, I, I need to win the lottery so that I can buy more of his stuff. Like, uh, that's, uh, it looks really good. It's, it's, uh, he's converted all of that armor into more of a, a, a Mayan style armor, but with Jesse's signature color. So more bright reds and neons and all. It's just fantastic. Teased uh, with a Darth Vader helmet that he repainted. And he said, you know, that might be part of the the Star Wars, something like that might be part of the Star Wars line at some point. Probably once a month or so. Check out Urban Aztec on social media; he's on all of them. Uh, he is of lucha libre and and uh, and the 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 artistic culture. So, I mean, it, we're going there. And then Boss Fight Studios is doing pre pre sales for the mini masks that we talked about during uh, Expo Lucha Virtual. They are, I want to say about two inches or so, and they have these nice little display stands, and they've got about twelve different styles. And, and just to take more money out of my pockets, thank you, Eric. They're blind boxes, so you have to uh, yeah. you have to gamble a little bit <laughs> yeah. to get the ones you to get all the ones you want. Every luchador in there has two styles, so you can buy you can pre-order a uh a like a display box of of blind box of, of the blind boxes and have your best chance of getting all of them and you can do that on Boss Fights set right now. Um uh, but they I don't believe the pre-orders are going to be lasting a lot longer, so definitely hurry Yep, and 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 order, and then uh, I'll be trading. So if you guys want to <laughs> get extras and you want to start trading, I'll totally go swapsies with a bunch of people. That's our Master Top Republic uh, update, though.
2: Thank you Brendan. Up next we have this week in NXT. And you know it was a mixed bag. Uh, this week was definitely a week where we had a lot of stipulation matches. Um The first off uh, opening match was a Falls Count Anywhere match between Leon Ruff and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, this one, I mean, really was a a lot of heat and history between these two gentlemen going back and forth for quite some time. Um, and it was a false count anywhere, so it means no DQ. Um, so that's going to play a role into the end, but, um, some really cool moments was, um, Leon Ruff hit a, uh, Crucifix bomb from the top rope and also a poison Rana off the apron. Uh, there was also some awesome action outside of, uh, the ring that was outside of the ring. Um, but then we had Isaiah Swerve Scott with a a frog splash and, um, a springboard cutter, um, for Leon Ruff as far as very, very close, uh, almost three counts, Um, but a lot of back and forth throughout the match. What ended up being the point, the singing point of – the end was AJ Francis appeared, and for those of you who may not know, um, he is one of the hosts of the A&E show, WWE's Most Wanted Treasures, so many people on social media were like, what is the guy from WWE's Most Wanted Treasures doing? He is a, a wrestler in training, and he came out to help uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, who did get the win due to the distraction. And some other uh, NXT superstars came out. And it seems like Isaiah now has his own faction. Um, so as much as I thought that maybe this would be the end uh, of the program between Leon Ruff and Isaiah Swerve Scott, it may not be. But it also is setting up a Swerve for his own faction, which I think is a great utilization of, of talent, um, especially up-and-coming and coming in younger talent on the NXT roster. Uh, we did get some set up for next week as far as some upcoming matches. Uh, first we had Legado de Fantasma coming out, uh, touting their victory for, over MSK and Kushida from the week before. And uh, Kushida came in via video, um, and did accept uh, Santos Escobar's challenge uh, rematch for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. However, it's going to be a two out of three falls match. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to set a very death definitive tone, um, which also means it could. Be anything. It's just gonna be crazy, but we are gonna have uh, the NXT Cruiserweight Championship rematch next week: Kushida versus Santos Escobar in a two-out-of-three-falls match. We also had a kind of a side-by-side video uh, interview uh, slash talk trash moment between Raquel Gonzalez and Mercedes Martinez, and. You know, pretty much, and and I understand this completely. Mercedes Martinez is like, you're cookie cutter. You you would not be here if it wasn't for me. You know, they're trying to make you into me. And Mercedes and Raquel's like, okay, well that's good because like you set the bar low. Like, what did you do? I did I did it better. So like. That was some really, some just very subtle, but very good promo work between the two. And it did set up a match next week. We are going to have Raquel Gonzalez versus Mercedes Martinez. Um, yes. so I'm very, very excited about that. And already next week is shaping up to be a really good show, but the main event, um, we had the NXT women's tag team championship, uh, up. For contention uh, in a street fight. So, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus Candice Loray and Indy Hartwell. Again, it was a street fight. So, anything goes. So, there was trash cans and fire extinguishers and chairs all over the place. Um, and this one came out where, um, in the end, Candice Lorray used William, at least that's where they were toting, William Regal's brass knuckles. That apparently Johnny Gargano had stolen from his office earlier, um, to hit, uh, um, Shotzi with. And then she landed the Wicked Stepsister on, her, on a chair for the win. So we do have new NXT uh, Women's Tag Team Champions in Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. I'm happy with this because this back and forth between them has gone on for too long. So eventually, you know, I mean, it is going to go on for a little bit longer now because you're going to have a rematch and all of that. But I also do think it was well-earned, a really fun match. And I know, as Brendan alluded to um, earlier, as far as some of the heat that Chris Jericho had received, this week, of uh, regarding his fall, you know, lots of people have comments about Shotzi's uh, GIF as far as someone falling into a bed. But I'll tell you this: Shotzi can say that. Shotzi is especially one of the few women in professional wrestling. I tell it all the time. She she wrestles with reckless abandonment. You
4: it's know, she, there's yeah. a reason why she's called ballsy. Yes. In the Indies, yes. That Song about being ballsy.
2: So. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, you know, for for whatever reason, if people are giving a heat to Shotzi, like, it'd be something if, you know, someone else maybe would have given, you know, crap to Chris Jericho. But Shotzi has every single right because she doesn't half-ass, you know, stuff. She did not half-ass it in this match as well. So, give it to him. Give it to him, Shotzi. Tell him. Tell him. Um,
4: it was the most Gentle of a of a of a burn or whatever you want to call it as <laughs> yes. it was. because yeah. Honestly, all she did was it that's it. Yeah.
2: But of course <laughs> I, you have I, those those AEW loyalists that will defend <laughs> them to you know that. But still when you think about it, if anyone can can give or back or joke about it is shoty black heart so um but th- that was this week in NXT next week is setting up to be a banger so i mean like yes keep your eyes on for next week you have the cruiserweight championship being defended in two out of three, two out of three falls a match and then the women's championship defended in what's going to be a I just feel it. It's going to be an intense match. Uh, Mercedes Martinez oh, yeah. versus Raquel Gonzalez. So stay That's, tuned for
4: that. No way. That's not going to be mm-hmm. amazing. Like, yeah. I'm already figuring. So so uh, I'm going to sleep in your backyard. I'm going to come down for Cinco de Psycho, sleep in your backyard, <laughs> stay for NXT, because I don't have cable as TV, as is, yes. and then I'm, I'm going to fly back real fast. <laughs>
2: Yes. I mean, we did also real quick, we did have a Frankie Monet appearance, uh, as always. Um, and, uh, her little dog did have a little incident in Shotzi's, uh, tank. So, oh, continuously,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, the, the humor in NXT oh. is very strange. We also did have Karrion Cross um, come out to do a, a promo in which he did get confronted, uh, by, uh, Finn Balor, um, also, Ro- uh, not even, not, not even Roderick Strong, um, Kyle O'Reilly came out, um, and then someone else came out. Oh, my gosh. Bruiserweight. Oh, uh, Pete
4: Dunne. Wow. Pete Pete Dunne, yes, yes. Pete
2: Dunne, yeah. Pete came out, yeah. So nothing's been definitive set as far as, you know, who Karen Cross is going to be facing next. Um, We do know he's going to be facing Austin Theory, and that's just (laughs) – because Austin Theory just has some bad luck and poor choice of words. Um he's a child, but uh so if y'all want to see a dead body next week too. Uh, yeah. Watch, watch, oh
4: man. I, watch I, Carrie and I cross just,
2: face uh, Austin Theory.
4: Now that you've said it, I I can only think about uh, Pete Dunne versus Carrion Cross. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, that they, they are building up. You have a lot of contenders in the NXT Championship uh, realm, but they haven't set up yet. Who's going to be the next one? So, um, again, just wait and see. Uh, up next, we have this week in Lucha Libre history with Dusty, and Dusty's also going to explain kind of a change in the format that we are now implementing with this week in Lucha Libre history. So, Dusty, go ahead and take it away.
3: Yeah, well, there's a finite amount of dates in Lucha Libre history that we can cover, and we've split them three ways, and so for at least the short term going forward, we're going to change it to covering one event. All three of us will discuss it. It'll help spread things out. There may be some things we talked about over the last year and the coming year, but it'll be a little different with the group conversation, but hopefully we'll cover a lot of different things, but I'll now I'll do my regular spiel. It's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera for information, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre, and it's all free at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And this week, we chose May the 4th, 2002, when Martha Villalobos won the Lucha Libre AAA Reina de Reina's Championship for the first time in her career after beating Lady Apache and Reynosa. But after we chose this, we all discovered separately. I looked. I know Miranda looked. Brendan looked. We couldn't find the match. It happened (laughs) at a house show in Reynosa, but we could find the tournament from earlier in the year when Esther Moreno defeated Lady Apache, Martha Villalobos, and Miss Janeth in a four-way match in the tournament final from February the 23rd. Apparently, at some point, she lost the title to Lady Apache, and then later on, Lady Apache lost the title to Martha Villalobos at a house show in Reynosa. And then the title was vo- vacated the next year and was won by Martha Lobos. So I, I'm not sure why it was vacated. But, yeah, interesting. That's what I discovered this week, you know, researching the match.
4: But we did so, – so we did – the reason we – we all discovered that tournament was that was linked to us also yes. in this week in Lucha Libre. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we did. I watched the tournament, and uh it, even though, as Dusty mentioned, they brought all four out, I found the tournament format itself to be interesting because you started with uh, like 15 ladies doing yes. an, an elimination, an uh, over-the-top elimination, to get to the last four and no it wasn't over the oh well no i think it was i don't remember the elimination rules it was oh
2: no and then to the last four it was more traditional like yeah uh, it was just
3: like a
4: four way
2: yeah 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 yeah.
4: Yeah. okay they they when we got to the last four they announced to the four were they stopped the match they restarted it with entrances that was part of what i found very interesting about it so like there was no entrance. I I was furiously writing down names of people to try yeah. and remember <laughs> the the, the uh, crazy rabbit I think was one of the I don't remember her actual name and I mean but yeah they would yeah and then and then we got the the final four and they did introductions and and everything felt less frantic but that I found that to be interesting um to to what we were talking about earlier with the Raider A's tournament just being weird with everybody getting in there. I found that was, this was a refreshing way of doing that. Have everybody start in there. Some people get eliminated and then, and then you, you build, you build up to like a, a final four, final six, however you want to do I think, you know, um, so the, I thought that part was interesting. I don't know, but Miranda, what, what do you recall from the match that was interesting or uh, the, well, the yeah, history yeah, of this? The,
2: yeah, no, no, I think it was the, um, like you said, the format, like I was a little confused as to what was going on <laughs> until yeah. I figured out that, you know, you had all, it was, you know, over the top rope and then the final four, um. As far as that, it did help set up as far as, you know, Martha eventually winning the title. Um, I know she had a pretty lengthy reign. Um, in the research I did, they, it's listed as a 295-day reign before she vacated it. Um, so that's a, a pretty long reign for, for someone. I mean, it was her second, um, or this was the first of her two. um yes yeah reigns as in Rena de reinas and so someone too i mean coming from a, a line of a uh, wrestler she was the the daughter of uh, panchito villalobos um and then also the sister of johnny and, and bobby villalobos so um a, a, you know long history too within cmll and multi-time women's champion and other organizations so i mean it's it it made sense to me as far as you know her being in the history of Reina de Reinas um right. though she's not as talked about as some of the other champions as much um but i did think how that uh match that we did see helped set up you know her eventual reign uh just later on really it was a few months later um uh, cuz uh she the The belt itself, I think that was February of 2002, and she won the belt in May. So um, not long afterwards, that match, and she won. So it all made sense to me, looking at it from that perspective, but I had to get all those facts for it to make sense.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was confusing. Yes.
2: (laughs) It was, but, you know, again, too, I think it's, Knowing in that history of, of Reina de Reynas and where it is now, um, also having Lady Apache, uh, or I mean, Fabi Apache um, in the title picture again, um, I think, like I said, mm-hmm. helps reestablish that championship after we haven't seen it, you know, yep. defended in quite some time. So it totally makes sense to me now. Um, and I think it was a good choice. To have Fabi, I don't th- maybe see her having a long reign necessarily, um, but I would like them to keep it within AAA and have it, you know, on television or on, on events more frequently.
4: Oh yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons we chose this because we're excited about the or, the Reina's match that we saw and the future of the the division in AAA. So we were wanted to look a little bit at the history here and I I I love that you pointed out that uh it's the Villalobos is one of the wrestling dynasties the Apaches are a wrestling dynasty Yeah. There's a cool. that flows through this. Yeah. Well,
2: that was this week in Lucha Libre history, which you could find at LuchaCentral.com. But Brendan, tell our listeners what else they could find at LuchaCentral.com.
4: Oh. All right. So if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's really, really time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content Anywhere else, find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by the top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And never, ever, ever gonna get tired of mentioning this. It's it's free. Best free. price to pay for anything.
2: Free.
4: (laughs) LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
2: Well, Brennan, while you're at it, uh, do we have any CMLL news?
4: Just a real quick thing here. So the lineup for Copa Dynastia has been announced. That is for their next pay-per-view for May 28th. Uh, We don't know what the pairings on this are. Are, is going A a tournament that's going to take up the majority of the pay, pay-per-view announced are uh, Atlantis, Atlantis Jr., Volador Jr. and Flyer, Ultimo Guerrero and gro- Gran Guerrero, Sanson and Quattrero, Ray Comita uh, and, and Espírita Neg- um Las Gamilo Diablos, who were... Very recently announced, so they, we haven't talked about them much yet, but they look to be exciting young new tag team. Uh, Felino and Felino Jr. And, and Blue Panther Jr. and Black Panther. So, uh, kind of your, your standard array of the, the CMLL tag team division. And they're going to do some tournament matches, so it should be good times. That's again, May 28th on, uh, on Ticketmaster Mexico, so uh, now is the time to buy it because it's going to be cheap, and and uh, there's no video on demand options, so if you are inter- even remotely interested, you're probably going to have to watch it as it happens. Um, that's our CML update for this week, though.
2: Now, this is usually the part where we uh, talk about something else, or we've usually put WWE more towards the beginning, but we put it more towards the end of the show because, as we've already talked about this week, there was so much that was happening with some other promotions uh, that we just could not wait to get to them. Uh, But we do have your WWE news on SmackDown and Raw with Dusty.
3: Yeah, well, there's really not any SmackDown news, unfortunately, this week. But Raw, we had a few, uh, a couple of things. First up, we had Lucha House Party getting a win over the former Hurt Business tag team. This was largely, however, to show that Cedric and Shelton have fallen as a tag team since losing the Hurt Business, and they used Lucha House Party as the stick to show how separated they are from their championship past. Not to my liking, but, you know, I'll take what I can get. Lucha House Party looked great. Grand Metalik got the pin, which was nice. You know, he should be getting some of those pins. I just wish it had a better story. Hopefully we'll see more of Lucha House Party rather than them just being the impetus for Sheldon to break – or Cedric, rather, to break up with Shelton, because they, you know, lost to Lucha House Party. Like, not my thing. But next up, we had Angel Garza, and he and Drew Gulak – this was interesting. He and Drew Gulak were backstage. I've been a big fan of Gulak for years now. This pairing is exciting, but things just got weird. Backstage before the match, Drew accused Angel of not being a real ladies' man as he carried around a rose, and Garza threatened to shove the rose up Drew's ass. Then we got the match. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. guess what Garza started out the match by ripping off his pants so you immediately know this is serious business pants are off the match went fast ended with Angel hitting a wing clipper on Drew but then things just took a John Waters turn Garza took the rose that he had with him, shoved it down Gulak's trunks, and then gave him a running punt kick right up the ass. I didn't mistake that. He kicked the rose right up his ass. It was weird. It was on
2: television, everyone. It was on national television.
3: (laughs) It was really
4: weird. This is the WWE. Send all of your letters to the WWE.
3: Man, yeah. you're not
2: gonna have some time having to edit that out.
3: <laughs> Hulu already did. It wasn't on the Hulu <laughs> version of Raw. So. Yeah, I yeah. completely
4: missed it. I, I, it's not on the YouTube version either.
3: Yeah, it was, it was weird. And uh, the other big WWE news this week, Daniel Bryan's contract has ended. Multiple sources have stated that Daniel Bryan's contract with WWE quietly ended last week following his career versus title match with Roman Reigns. And he's mentioned before that he really, really wants to wrestle in Mexico. And he has said that he might only be willing to sign a new contract with WWE if they would give him some freedom to wrestle other places. So this might be the time we get the chance to see him in Mexico. Those of us that watch the Cruiserweight Classic, he talked a lot about Blue Panther and how that was his dream match, Mm -hmm. And so I would love to see him. And if Federations really got a lot of money, they could put together a trios team now of Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, and Samoa Joe. <laughs> Ring of oh, my scale. God. No. No. Oh,
4: come on. That I, is- it- I mean,
2: like, the, probably I- not. I mean,
3: <laughs> but, it but, could I like what you're,
2: but I like what you're thinking, Jesse. You shoot for the stars. Shoot. <laughs> You shoot for the moon, uh, yeah. Stuff you don't it's take, stuff you don't so. take
4: yes. <laughs> I, I I think a better use of Daniel Bryan would be to put him on that Matt Taven team at the uh, yeah, at well, the well, pay per view well. they're doing. But uh,
3: talk about that's kind of draw eyes too, right? Like, draw a lot of eyes and a lot of dollars to the product. Like people would be so excited to see Daniel Bryan in Mexico. <laughs> yeah.
4: But there are so many dream matchups you can think of when you talk about Daniel Bryan being in Mexico. I know Daniel Bryan says his dream matchup is Blue Panther, which is great because he is a master of the, the mat wrestling. Uh-huh. But um, you've got, I mean, so many so many of the, the Legends guys, you could, you could put him in there with Solar and have a show. You could put, yeah. I mean... Negro Navarro still wrestling. Yes. I yes. mean, you know,
3: that would be incredible. <laughs> That's the match. I've oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, there's so much promise. And like, even if he does sign, like I say, he's said that he's not really willing to sign again, unless he can wrestle other places. He wants to have that unique contract. So hopefully somebody like Daniel Bryan, you know, he's, got about enough star power to do it and he's one of the few that could and he's he's a top level guy but he's not one of the top guys right now and so like it'd be perfect. I mean it's not like Seth Rollins, you know, he's never gonna get to go wrestle in Mexico. Correct. But maybe yeah. Daniel Bryan will get the chance. It's yeah. it's I all point out, yeah.
4: I do want to point out that one of the other things he talked about is that he is he is hurt. Mm-hmm. he's had a long career with a number of injuries and he says that it actually hurts him when his daughter sits on his shoulders. So he wants to slow down period. Uh, so he will, t- the reason he wants to do these special matches is because he wants to cross things off of his yeah. checklist before he hangs up the boots.
2: Yeah. Especially. Since and
4: I support him in that notion.
2: Yeah. Especially since this was, you know, the second run wasn't supposed to happen. And right. so I'm sure there's a lot of this reflection of, you know, having this second opportunity and, you know, knowing that he he won't be doing this much longer, but also knowing there was a time where he didn't think he'd ever do it again. So yeah. I feel like there's a lot more conviction of wanting to get these matches or wanting to go and wrestle these places more um, and always yeah. knowing that if he wanted to come back to do a final match at the WWE, he could do that. He could well, really do that.
4: Yeah.
2: Um. He, you know, especially because even, if, you know, it's not like he's going off to, you know, AEW. I think if for him in particular, there are certain people and places he just wants to go and wrestle. Um, Absolutely. And so I feel like he, if if he ever were to circle back to the WWE, he would, and they would bring him back with open arms, and you know, they would be able to make something work.
3: I agree, yeah, and he's one of the few people that I feel like has the ability to do that, that could leave, do these things he wants to do, come back to WWE and say, I'd like to finish it up here, and they Mm -hmm. would be so excited to have him. And allegedly, he's Vince's favorite wrestler, so, you know, it would be interesting to see, you know, how that works for their dynamic going forward. A lot of interesting things happening around Daniel Bryan right now, so he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah,
4: I look forward to.
2: All right. Up next, Brendan, you have uh, some brief Ring of Honor news. Really, this weekend, Ring of Honor in particular.
4: Um. Yeah. So uh, we had another fun episode of Ring of Honor wrestling this week uh, for lucha fans. We had the inevitable. We alluded to this earlier. We had Bandito and Flamita going at it. Uh, this is uh, so early. The the earlier we were talking about Ray Orus and and uh, Bandito being part of it, and then Flamita having another match with uh, Ray Orus. This one was Bandito and Flamita and it's everything you would expect from two okay. guys that were in a tag tag team for years uh, just going at it like it doesn't it didn't have the hype in the build there was nobody that got super kicked through a mirror but it's still all the passion and all of the uh, emotion of of two guys that have known each other for years uh really just having a a break in the relationship and uh it is it's musty television like it's it's up, it's up for free on ROH's channel through this week so by the time you hear this you'll only have like a day to watch you it have if you haven't to gone to watch it <laughs> yes. like, you just have to
2: watch it it just it yeah. for me it's one of those things that I feel bad that there weren't live fans around because they yeah. did everything they hopped on the barricade you know they had yes. standing moves and speed and just like intricacies that are just insane like it just to it just kind of blew me away and you're right brendan it's all those things that because they were attack partners for so long they could read each other so well and i think that translated so well in the match and why they took it literally all over in and out of the ring
4: yeah it it really really explains a lot when you remember these are guys that have known each other forever and they broke into america together and all of this it just adds layers to what you saw but the action was amazing and it started at the bell like there wasn't a code of honor there wasn't a slow build-up there was no headlocks or anything it just went straight to fast paced i'm going to fly at you as fast as i can uh, wrestling and we got like 15 minutes of it it was pretty incredible good uh also on the show I just wanna point out uh Tony Deppin who represents uh violence Unlimited. It, I can't Unlim it's unlimited on this brand. Yeah. Too many <laughs> too, too many, many violent
2: factions, you guys. Um,
4: we're, we're putting
2: but, a cap on it. No more <laughs> violent named factions. We're done. We're cutting you off. Thank you. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. But
4: they've been uh, <laughs> <laughs> They've been doing this this kind of three-way build now with LFI, The Foundation, and Violence Unlimited. So we're clearly building to a three-way faction battle at some point. Uh, so Tony Deppen managed to win the TV title off of Tracy Williams from The Foundation, kind of evening out the amount of singles titles between all of them, so none of them really has extra bragging rights the foundation can't really go on about purifying things lfi can't say they own the the division um so that that not lucha but important for building future stories. so I, I figured i would mention it they build up this lfi feud violence and uh and the foundation but that's our awaits this week it was a really fun episode Go
2: watch the Flamita Bandito match.
4: Do you just, yes, just watch it? Yes.
2: Just watch. Do
4: it. Do yourself Do it. a favor. Do it. Do it.
2: Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, <laughs> that's what I in <laughs> there. Uh, up, uh, our last, uh, topic for this week's episode, as always, is Impact Wrestling. Um, we didn't have a lot of Lucha Libre action this week. Again, we did talk about Diana Parazzo making an appearance at Ray de Reyes. Um, that isn't really acknowledged this week on Impact. Um, but say lovely uh but some some news from Impact that you may want to know first off they did announce um their next three events happening um they're going to have two um i believe Impact Plus events uh one in May and one in June and then Slam so Under Siege is happening next week May 15th and then Against All Odds is going to be June 12th uh, they did announce the actual date for Slammiversary, and that is going to be Saturday, July 17th, from Nashville. Also, an important note that it is going to be a few days after some 90-date-no-compete clauses are set to expire. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. again... The return of, of that for Slammiversary, which is still very intriguing. Also, they've promoted possibly, you know, not only some WWE, former WWE talent, but New Japan talent as well, because that partnership is still going fairly strong. Um, so. Uh, that does leave a lot of, of questions as to who we're going to see at Slammiversary. I think it's going to, you know, draw some eyes to their product. So, um, very, very interested in seeing what happens, but they have released the schedule, uh, for their next three events. As far as this week on Impact, some interesting points and some things that have been set for Under Siege happening next week. Um, starting off with the six-way number one contenders match. Um, the six Competitors have been announced and established, and these are all through a series of uh, preliminary uh, matches that, that they went through in order to qualify, qualifying matches. Um, we have Chris Sabin versus Chris Bay versus Sammy Callahan versus Matt Cardona versus Trey Miguel versus Moose all to determine the number one contender uh, for the Impact World Championship. That means the winner of this will be facing Kenny Omega. Um, they haven't announced when, but I could see it happening at Slammiversary. So six very formidable competitors, uh, very different competitors, but it makes me very excited to see what this match uh, will do. But for Lucha Libre fans, there's been some match announcements for Under Siege that were just announced tonight. First off, we are going to see Black Taurus versus Brian Myers as a match. And then also Willie Mack is going to be facing W. Morrissey, as many people remember him as Big Cass. Um, That's been set up for Under Siege as well. Um, that's a match to watch. I was watching impact, um, on Twitch and they showed some clips of Willie Mack when he faced the North at hard to kill last January. And it was just one of those things like Willie Mack just does tremendous work in the ring, and he can always surprise you, and, uh, you know, it was one of my favorite matches from Hard to Kill, so I think that this is going to be a great match for W. Morrissey as far as, you know, um, I think he's going to have a really good partner in this, and this could really help people remember kind of his wrestling ability. Um, and Willie Mack, this will be a challenge for him. Um, I hope to see him in a, in a long-term program again. Right now, he's not really competing for any title. So, um, he's kind of in not limbo, but he's still, you know, not in a stable program either. So, um, I hope this is not one and done. I actually hope to see them wrestle more because I think Willie Mack, when he does wrestle, brings out the best of whoever's on the other side of him. So I think that that's very possible in this match um but that's it for this week's impact wrestling news and that actually leads us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening to uh, this week's episode of the Lucha Central weekly podcast. Don't forget to go to LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And go ahead and follow Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. you got to check out the YouTube page, lots of amazing matches and content, interviews, and just content and videos you can't find anywhere else on the lucha central youtube page while you're at it go ahead and follow us on social media dusty can you let our listeners know where they can find you
3: i am on instagram at dusty murphy and i am on facebook at facebook.com slash dusty murphy
2: and brendan where can our listeners find you
4: i am on all of the platforms I'm three guy, that's the number three two one t-shirt guy is all spelled out. And so I'm on the Instagram, I'm on Facebook as three two one t shirt guy, and I am on Twitter, which is like I'm happening right now in real time. So also I'm the inbox for Miranda on Twitter because uh she's not cool and doesn't have one.
2: Nah, no, you can't pay me enough to be on Twitter.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: nah. Nah, thank you. No thank you.
4: Um
2: so yes, go ahead and follow at 321 T shirt guy on Twitter. If you have any messages to send me, just send them to Brendan. As well as if you are a Lucha Libre promotion wrestler, uh pr- promoter. Um, you know, make sure that you send your matches to Brendan and you may be featured on a future edition of the Indie Roundup. We love to promote independent wrestling here on the show. So send us your matches. We'd love to watch them. We'd love to hype them up. Me, myself, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelt out on Facebook and Instagram, no Twitter. And make sure, again, make sure you stay tuned to LuchaCentral.com. Make sure you follow us on social media. There's lots of great tidbits that we are always sharing, um, pieces of news that we find and identify, especially Brendan and Dusty. They get the scoop on things, and I just read it, uh, which, again, you guys can all do. If you follow us on social media, um, make sure you do that. I will share information on independent wrestling shows that I'm either a part of or know of. So we all bring something to the table. Um, Again, a a big thank you for listening. If you are listening to this podcast through your favorite podcast streaming platform like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Subscribe and get notifications every time a new episode drops. Give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show. We're happy to take feedback, Let you know what you think of what we talk about, maybe things that we should talk about. Let us know. Again, a big thank you for listening. We're so happy that you were joining us this week. And we'll be back next week. Don't you worry. Things are only heating up in the world of Lucha Libre, and we are going to be here To report it to you So for Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy I'm Miranda Morales Thank you very much And we will be back next week